0: Welcome to Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast from South Cities Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. If you're interested in learning more, visit our website at southcities.church. Hey guys, that was the first time I've ever done the intro. Wow,
1: nice! Feels like a big moment. Is a good job.
0: Yeah. Whoa! I know I've never done it, but it was great. Felt good. i am do sure it again. You've <laughs> done it. At, I'm sure you've done it. At I, I don't think so. I don't think Ethan can check. We'll He's fa- going to
2: check all 150 episodes. We'll get a fact <laughs> check. More Ethan, than I'd like now. you
0: to check all 150
3: episodes you in include the next the week. Recap.
2: You've, certainly, you've done the recap, though. Ethan just said it. this was number 150, right?
3: But, I mm. mean, if you include is the it? recap. Oh, this is 151. Like, yeah, so, like, there, if you include the recap as episodes, we're over 200 I'm not now. including the recap. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, random question.
0: Uh, we're in... As we're sitting here recording, we're going to start our first night of fall Wednesday programming. Fall is in the air. It's getting a little bit chillier at night, a little bit chillier at football practice with some hot days sprinkled in still. What is your family's or your personal favorite fall activity? Is there something that you just look forward to um, or even like a favorite meal or pastime or something like that? What do you look forward to in the fall? Besides that, oh, it's man. still not quite winter.
2: Yeah. I've mixed feelings about fall, but- That's not what this question is about. Fall itself. Yep.
1: Your fall candle. Things.
2: Yeah, I love when it rolls around <laughs> in my office to light my fall candle. I do love that. I do. It's uh, This year, it's uh, pumpkin pancakes. <laughs> That's your favorite fall activity? No, the candle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the candle scent. Pumpkin pancakes. <laughs> yeah good uh i'd say probably uh i like going to an apple orchard
0: once a year okay that's fun yep it's a good one classic it's a classic answer Mm -hmm.
1: i agree with that i have a few i like just going on walks and looking at the fall colors and then like having the leaves crunch on Mm. the road i like that and then apple crisp Mm, after being at the apple orchard apple crisp yeah yeah
3: Hard to argue with apple crisp. I yeah. enjoy burning things in the fall. Ooh, wood. It's the like you leaves. like campfires. Like, yes, or you just like the you just like burning things. A <laughs> like pyro? No, no campfires. <laughs> I am not. Uh, I'm not an arsonist or a pyromaniac. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I I very much enjoy smell of fire. On my clothes, not wait. Smell of smoke on my clothes. <laughs> fire on my clothes. <laughs> I don't enjoy fire on my clothes. Go um, you know, and just uh, love that mean. charred fabric. Yeah, charred fabric. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just a joy. A lot of memories, late nights. There was a few years ago. Uh, we built maybe I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. We built like more of a permanent fireplace outside, hmm. and our small group and. Uh, my family and our neighborhood has all been recipients of that. I mean, other people in the neighborhood have bigger and nicer ones, but it's just our little, you know, $40 Home Depot gets some pavers and stuff. Cool. You know, some sand. It's burned a lot of stuff in there over the years, those years.
0: Yeah, our family does the apple orchard thing. I uh, And for me, fall, you know, I kind of like s- smell football in the air. It's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun to, I I even, I even like driving around and like seeing teams practicing, you know, it's just, it's just kind of fun. Uh, So those are a couple of things. Well, we are uh, talking again, part two about, I think we called it, did we call it spiritual influences or spiritual, you know, what influences have kind of shaped and formed you last week? Nick and I shared some of ours. So that's kind of why you're hosting this week, right? Yep. I'm hosting and Nick's co-hosting because we're going to talk to Stacy and Daniel about their spiritual influences. Stacy needed a week to think. And so we're expecting... And I've only been thinking about this for like five minutes. We're expecting really good stuff and for her to really carry this show.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I like to prepare.
0: That's good. That's fine. You didn't have to give me that (laughs) look when you said it, but people can't see it, but still wasn't appreciated so, <laughs> just kidding we're all friends here, uh, so why don't we start I think last week what we did is we just kind of talked about uh childhood early life childhood early life, spiritual influences. Stacy, you start because you're prepared great as Thanks. you like to be, and then we'll let Daniel
3: think while you go
1: uh-huh um I don't,
3: think, <laughs> I don't think good on my feet, so this is good
1: well i I think the beginning um is my parents and you know, I didn't grow up like having family devotions every night or something, but they made church a priority and we were there every Sunday, every Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. And I think just having that as a habit and a rhythm really influenced my early life, even though I, I wouldn't say I was a believer at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just going to church and like being with God's people and the kind of church we were in was more liturgical too. And so I think that that, um, Influenced me in ways that I don't always know about exactly. But um, Mm. I think just going and being a part of church, making that a priority was a shaping influence.
0: That's great. Anything else you'd say about the, you don't have to, but about the liturgical nature and how it was maybe helpful?
1: Yeah, I mean. Because
0: there's some some people, right, that love liturgical places and some that just are... Know, like allergic to it, but maybe right. why, I mean, why was it helpful? I
1: think, so it was a Lutheran church. And so just um, reciting the Apostles' Creed yeah. every week yeah. and um, memorizing the Lord's Prayer, things like that, that just stick with you, yeah. even if you're not, you know, all aware of all of the depths of what you're saying. Even yeah. It's just like, yeah. it's stuck in your brain somewhere and yeah. um, having an influence. And um, even when I was a little kid, like, praying the Lord's prayer at night with my dad, mm. just a simple little thing. And we didn't have like long conversations about it, but just that habit was formative. So
0: that's, that's what I would say. That's sweet. Allergic to liturgical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, was, that was good. Yeah. What do you got, Daniel? You've
3: uh, thought Are we, for are few are we minutes? going through age like <clears throat> eight yeah. Eight yeah.
0: ranges first? Yeah, just kind
2: of like your... Didn't you listen last week?
3: Yeah, I, I I listened to it this morning halfway. Um, yeah, childhood. I mean, we grew up going to the Roman Catholic church. So the liturgy to, it's just something that I thought about, like, uh, I was bored with, but it certainly affected me Hmm. in my little pagan heart. I, uh, spent more time, um, like what would be the quickest exit line. That's just kind of where my heart was. And my mind was, I was pretty bored in church growing up. Um, And then, uh, but it was deeply affecting over time. Like just going through the motions certainly affected me, uh, even with the deadness that was there. Certainly a lot of influence from my parents. Um, my mom became a Christian in my teen years. Uh, and just like our, our life, which was kind of nominally Christian earlier, definitely some Christian influence became more evangelical, uh, you know, more like desirous of faith. Um, my parents influenced me a lot, a whole lot of like, um, you know, seeing my parents, I mean, and this was not this way early in life at all, but definitely more teen years on like Bibles open, um, you know, like together with like a passionate desire to seek after God. Um, you know, a couple other people, you know, there's, uh, I mean, I made a big list. This us be fun. There's father, John, at the at Saint Anne's uh, Church in Mason, Ohio, I think, who I think was probably the first time that I heard the gospel, like preached, Bible open, uh, in high school uh, in kind of this Catholic co-op uh, school thing, I read Augustine, and um, mm. I think actually it was kind of influenced by the story of Monica, as I watched you know so Augustine's mom who was praying for him so I read I read. Um, I read City of God later by read Confessions in high school or at least Portion. Uh, I may have read all of Confessions. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was affecting to me in the evangelical nature of our faith, like that it takes faith hmm. to come to Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Monica's role was pretty key in that right before I became a Christian, I became familiar with a guy named Rich Mullins, um, probably two, three years before in his, uh, uh, the, the compilation album, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. There's two volumes of it, but I listened to that a lot. And then he died, uh, I think September of 1997. Uh, that was affecting to me that he, uh, you know, just his music and other stuff. So yeah, I think that's like younger childhood heading towards adult. Hmm. Well, praise God for
0: parents Yeah, who are faithful as they come to know Jesus and try to help us and a good call even just for the church you know for as as uh for us to be faithful parents but also to be looking out for young adults and kids who need mothers and fathers in the church to pour into them where maybe they don't have that luxury you know what i mean yeah because we've that's been a part of all of our stories and what a gift and privilege it is uh, but just a good call to look out for the folks that don't have that, you know, mm-hmm. and to be leaning in and loving them too. Yep. So you both kind of talked about parents and influence, um, almost kind of pre-faith a little bit. So what about maybe kind of the next stage of when, you know, this is a, a phrase, you know, when you came to know <coughs> Jesus when or when, you know, really be, began to take ownership of your own faith, which, you know, kind of that stage where it became more real and more yours and more, you know, maybe maybe the moment of saving faith and, Shortly thereafter, who were the influences maybe during that segment of your life?
1: Mm-hmm. For me, it was, um, I believe I came to faith around age 14. I don't have like a certain day in mind, mm-hmm. but it was sometime that year because we did switch churches. We started going to a charismatic Lutheran church, so very different than what we had started with. Huh. Um, charismatic Lutheran Yeah, church. kind of like North Heights, if you're familiar, but, um, yeah, and I that was the first time I had ever heard people in everyday life talk about having a relationship with Jesus Mm. and their worship was compelling and it was just, it felt really genuine. Mm. And I feel like sometime that year I was reading my Bible and, you know, praying and like sometime, sometime in that year that happened. But I would say that then um, my youth pastor and other youth mentors, you know, female youth mentors that discipled me, um, having Bible studies in my high school, throughout that early Christian, um, those early Christian years were super influential. And, um, that's been something that I have prayed for my own kids to have that experience in youth group and just having that, um, supportive mentors and Christian friends in their lives was just really formative for me.
0: Mm. That's great. Yep. Awesome.
3: What about you, Daniel? Yeah, there was, uh, we have gone for a while here. There was Larry and Scott, who are the father and son, both pastors at the church that we were initially at after I came to faith. Um, and mainly about them, just that they got up and opened the Bible and preached the word, you know, uh, each week. Um, there was Rick who was another elder there who, uh, actually I should hang on to Rick for a second because, uh, you know, it's 2002 or 2003 and I was involved in an inner city ministry in Cincinnati. And a person on that team, Corey, gave a copy of Desiring God hmm. to uh, another person on that team, a good friend named Jeff. And I just looked at that like, is this even Orthodox? Hmm. Like, I don't know if this is Orthodox. Then a year or two later, Rick, who's an elder at the church and undertook the daunting task of mentoring me. Uh, I think I offhand mentioned to him like, yeah, like desiring God, Calvinism. He's like, you're a Calvinist, aren't you? Like your prayers sound like a Calvinist, like everybody's prayers. Yeah. Like, what? Mind, I remember exactly where I was at the Eastgate mm. Starbucks, uh, near the Chick-fil-A that I worked at. Uh, I was on the phone with him and I was just like, really, is this a thing? So, uh, that opened up. Uh, my world a little bit to Christian hedonism and more specifically Calvinism. Uh I got familiar with Spurgeon in those days and actually Susanna Spurgeon too. She, she wrote stuff as well. And uh, seeing him and her as a pair and uh, how they worked in ministry together was cool. They're the guys in my wedding, Jeff, Johnny, Michael, and Ryan, who are all great. Michael and Ryan, if you're listening to this 2024 election is coming. I'm still game for that podcast you want to do with perspectives on that. And then uh, Jeff and Johnny, uh, yeah, also good friends. Um, The guys uh, junior year that were in college room with me, so uh, Dave and Daniel uh, with his EpiPen and uh, then Melcher, who became one of my dearest friends and probably my best friend for a long time. He and his wife, Rachel, are Great influences on us. And then probably like for this period of life, uh, probably Natalie is probably the biggest influence. So just watching her faith grow and watching her faithfulness to the word and to prayer, especially through suffering in our dating years and early marriage, just like probably more influential, like existentially than just about anything Mm. um, on my life. I think I talk about Jim and his, uh, like a professor in college who I didn't know very well, but his way of putting the world together in both history and Bible was shocking. There was Brent, who is a faithful theologian. Um, you know, Brent, uh, you'll probably listen to this podcast. You're great. There was Dick who was a church planter in, uh, Krivets, Wisconsin, who, uh, I was on a church planting team with deeply influential is there another period after this, or should I just run through these last? There's one more. There's one more There's period, more. so I shouldn't do the last forty names. Yeah, you're kind
2: of jumping the gun a little. Oh, bit. Okay,
3: I'll wait then. Okay, that's
2: fine. <laughs> the last forty names? Yeah. Mm. I'm kidding. There's not forty names.
1: Wow. It's
2: forty-one. For only think about this for five minutes, you're pretty prepared. I just started. <laughs> I just started typing.
1: Did you do whoever you could list? <laughs> Is
2: yeah. that okay? I mean. So then. The, the I mean, the last one that yeah. we went through last week was like, so current influences. So sure. growing up, being spiritually full, and now <laughs> right. right now, who's, who's influencing your thoughts?
1: Well, I'm going to actually just rewind like a tiny bit, uh-huh. just more into like my er, adult and um, into now too. But um, I think like, well, I have to say Peter because we met in college and um, oh, Peter. it was through him along with the situation at the time that in college that... Introduced me to reform theology. Mm-hmm. And he he did not convert me to it, but um the Lord did open my eyes. That's to right. See. It
3: was the spirit, Stacey. It
1: was. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> God uses means.
1: But there was sometimes some, uh, those
3: means are cute boys.
1: <sighs> sure. Um you know, after we were married in the our previous church, there were a couple couples that were mm-hmm. we were good friends with before we had kids that were really Um, influential, like in our early years of marriage. And then they had kids, you know, they were like one step ahead of us. So it was just helpful to just observe them and like, here's how they do family life and parenting. Mm. Um, And also at that church, I would say there was a regained emphasis on the centrality of the gospel for everyday life Mm. that I think since becoming a Christian, I hadn't connected that um, in that way before that, that was really influential. Um, And then within the past, I guess, five to seven years, I don't remember how long it's been, um, just for me personally in ministry, I would say like CCEF classes um, and then professors at Westminster Seminary have been influential, really (laughs) spiritually forming as far as like how I view sin and suffering, how the Mm -hmm. gospel speaks to both of those. And then also helping me understand biblical theology because I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I love that we have an emphasis on that here mm-hmm. and um, explaining that to people because i never heard of it. I didn't or, know what
2: it was before seminary either. And it I was amazing no
1: and it was so beautiful and it just helped me understand the Bible in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would say those things. And then currently, um, aside from, you know, famous Christian people that, I enjoy hearing from, but I think it's just like the people that you rub shoulders with in everyday life, like who you're doing everyday life with, like my family, mm-hmm. my friends, like coworkers, like those are the people that are shaping and influencing me, mm-hmm. um, as we do life together and share joys and sorrows. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's what I would say. Yeah. I was thankful to like, have the opportunity to sit back, sit and think through, who God's used to shape me. It's a good opportunity to express gratefulness to God. Yeah. Yeah.
3: All right, Daniel, 40 names.
1: Go ahead, Daniel.
3: A few years after uh, reading Desiring God, I read a little book called Nine Marks of a Healthy Church that uh, influenced me and kind of opened my eyes. Probably, you know, oh man, just like to open my world to like, like there's something like the doctrine of the church that I should think about, you know, it's probably 20 years ago. Uh, I don't remember when it first came out. Yeah. That just kind of sent me on a trajectory of thinking more about the church uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, so, and then coming to, uh, Bethlehem first, you know, a, a phone call with Tom Stellar sometime in 2009. So Tom was an influence both kind of in pastoral disposition, but also just kind of his, Like I don't think I had ever seen a man so like besought with the sovereignty of God and that actually like affecting his life Mm. Uh, as a guy who's kind of naturally type A and more uh, wants to see the world shaped into my own image uh, to see somebody who's really, really happy with the way God has shaped the world. It's just great. Then there were the Jasons, uh, Jason Meyer and Jason DeRoshi. Jason Meyer who slept across from me at Telling God's Story and Jason DeRoshi who slept above me telling God's story in the bunk room at Ham Lake. Baptist what is telling God's? Retreat? People don't know what telling God's story is. Yeah. Uh, the initial thing where our cohort and seminary all got to hear each other's story, stories like Christian stories, as well as all of our professors at the time. So it was like uh, a retreat. It was like a retreat. Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, it was yeah. a retreat. I just yeah. like it. Got it. Uh, there was a was the telling God's story. There's retreat. Chuck Stedham who, hope oh, listens to this podcast. He was a, Influence uh, with all of our differences and conversations and back and forth, uh, just a man, a force of nature. That's all you have to say about Chuck Stedham. There's Kempton Turner, who uh, I remember like thinking, like he's not an elder at Bethlehem, but he's doing the work of an elder, and uh, that was deeply influential on me. There's Rick Shank, whose classes I loved uh, for thinking about theology and the method of theology. Man, there's my small group, community group uh, that we've been doing live together for since 2016, I think, October 2016. It's coming up on seven years with different people that have been influential in there. It's unique, you know. And then I think, just frankly, the staff at South Cities and my fellow co workers here may be among the most influential right now, like you guys in this room, um, like for like pressing me on in the Christian faith, uh, you know, Sinclair Ferguson said, uh, you know, the most effective thing for growing you spiritually is not daily devotions, but actually daily commitment to one local church for a long period of time. And so I think part of being a, a person at a church is just like, I'm frankly more than just about any other name I've mentioned, except perhaps my parents and my wife, you are all more influential than any of those. So I think it's just uh, important to acknowledge that like present reality is often Trump uh, past influences. And I'm really grateful for this influence as well here. That's me. Hmm. All right. Well, great.
2: Anything else you guys want to add? Wish you said.
3: I foresee many things being influential in the future. Great. And I'm always open to more influences. So if you have people that have influenced you that you would commend, should pass them on to me. So Tim Keller.
1: I was going to say Tim Keller, oh. David Paulison. Oh, yes. They have both, they're both with oh, the man. Lord now, you know, but. You know who I'd add mm.
3: would be Ed Welch. Ed Welch of all those people would be like, there's so much these written that I just like deeply enjoy. Mm. Um,
1: mm-hmm. And
3: Greg Beale, oh, love me some name everybody that you've ever read
2: not everybody (laughs) have you seen my office (laughs) like no
3: not everyone
2: I'm kidding great well hopefully this was helpful for our people just to think through spiritual formation who's um, influenced us in the past and to thank God uh, just have a spirit of thanksgiving for his work in us through finite people Mm -hmm. that he uses praise and glory to God for all of them great thanks guys